On behalf of, I just want to say, if you permit me just a personal note, I just want to thank everybody. Um, thanks so much for the prayers that many of you have offered to our family at this time. Um, my father passed away this week, and um, I'm happy that he's now with the Lord. And uh, so thank you so much for many of your prayers. Um, I went to go give him last rites uh, <laughs> a few days ago, and I went to go uh, pray with him. And, and I could tell the end was near. And as I, I got into my car, as I was leaving there, um, I said, Lord, if you would, just please take him. Take him to heaven. And he passed away shortly thereafter. And I said, Jesus, that's the first time you've ever actually listened to me. I'm like, God, I was like, wow. I know, that was kind of <laughs> powerful prayer there, Father. So anyway, um, no, I'm happy, he's with, uh, I'm happy he's with the Lord. So thank you. Thank you for your prayers. It's a wonderful father. You know, they have a principle in um, sociology, some of you may have heard. Um, it's called the law of unintended consequences. The law of unintended consequences. What does that mean? It means that we can sometimes make a difficult or bad situation worse by trying to fix it. It's an unintended consequence. We, we try to fix something, but we end up making it worse, right? Maybe you know that experience. I do. Let me give you some examples of what that might be. So. You know, in the, in the 1800s, for a long time, the British colonized India. And at the time, they had an outbreak of cobra snakes. And the cobras were going around killing people, biting them and killing them. So the British government, they got this broad idea, we're going to pay people to kill the cobras. So it, common sense tells you some enterprising young businessmen began to breed cobras right? And so that's what they did. They bred cobras to get money, to get a bounty, right, on these cobras. And the government got wind of this. They cut it off. They're like, oh. And so the, the business entrepreneurs were so mad at the British government, they released all the cobras to the public, thereby killing more people than they did before. The law of unintended consequences. Anybody ever, does anybody know, what did the 18th Amendment to the Constitution prohibit? Passed in 1919. Alcohol. Alcohol. And they did this because they wanted to curb alcoholism, which was common at the time. What did it end up doing? Making people say, man, I need a stiff drink. Right? After that, they didn't want... They couldn't get enough alcohol. Many of them made it themselves in their homes, thereby having more, not less, alcoholism. The law of unintended consequences. Then we, of course, we have Pearl Harbor, December 1941. The Japanese said, we're going to annihilate the entire American Navy in one swoop. Just get them done. That night, General uh, Admiral Yamamoto from the Japanese turned to a friend after they had bombed the Americans and he said simply, 
I fear that all we have done is awaken a sleeping giant and filled him with a terrible resolve. Boy, did he ever. Within about three and a half years of that, it was their Navy that was completely annihilated. Here's my point. We can sometimes make a bad situation worse if we're not careful. The law of unintended consequences. So all of this leads me to questions. I just want to ask you if you permit me. How well do you handle a crisis in your family or your life? And do we make it worse by trying to fix it when we really should wait What Pope John Paul II used to say, quote, letting the situation mature before we act. Now, we have to have the courage to act. A lot of people don't. But sometimes we can rush to fix it. And we make it worse, like pouring salt on a wound. So how how well do you do this? You know, gentlemen, if you permit me, if you're like me, I'm a man... We want to fix it. We're Father Fixer, right? You got to fix it. It's my job to fix. This is very difficult for men because this is what we do, right? So when we encounter things, gentlemen, like, say, infertility in a marriage, and we can't fix it, or we encounter something that we can't fix, we feel inept as a man, do we not? Because everybody's looking at, um, that's what I do, I fix. But sometimes in our fixing mode, we can make it, make it worse, right? How well do we handle a crisis and do we make it worse? Maybe we need a little, say, prudence. You know, in the Gospels, all throughout the Gospels, we see again and again the, the law of unintended consequences and crisis moments. Question, when did we have the first Mass in the history of the Catholic Church? Holy Thursday, okay? So on Holy Thursday night, they had the first Mass. They're all sitting with Jesus, and every single one of the apostles says, Lord, look, we are ready to die for you. We're ready. And, and Peter, 265 popes ago, he says, Jesus, I'm ready to die for you. And, and Jesus turns to Peter and says, my friend, within the hour, within the hour, you're going to deny me three times. <laughs> no, 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 Jesus. I would never do that. And Jesus says, hmm, yeah. You know, before the cock crows three times tonight, you'll deny me. You know, if you go to Catholic churches around the world and you look closely at the stained glass windows, you know what you're going to see? A rooster. You go to the Basilica, for instance, in St. Louis, Missouri, right above the high altar. There's a little bitty window. They call it a rondelle. And there's a rooster. You think, why would they have have a rooster? Yeah. Man, these Catholics are so darn weird, man. They have all these relics and weird things and stuff, right? Why a rooster? Well, that's what it represents. Saying, be on guard. Be on guard. And so, 
One of the things that we learn and is with St. Pe- Peter as he goes through this crisis moment, the difference between him and Judas is Judas gave way to despair, but Peter understood that God will always be with us in crisis. He never leaves us alone. So a few days later after the resurrection, they're on the beach, and, and Peter sees Jesus, and Jesus doesn't even bring up the fact that he denied him. Does anybody, he asked him a question. Does anybody know what he asked him? Do you love me? That's all. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? That's all he said. He didn't hold his finger under him. I know what you said, Peter. You know, in Omaha, they have a church called St. John the Evangelist, and I used to pray the Stations of the Cross there. And the 11th station is when Jesus is on the ground and he's being nailed to the cross. And in that station, it's so cool. There's one of the centurions, and he's got the sign that they're going to hang over Jesus on the cross, that I-N-R-I. And he's leaning over Jesus as he's on the floor, and he's holding the sign about that close to his face, as if to just push it in his face, saying, King of the Jews, look at you now, buddy. You ever known somebody that does that? They just can't let it go. They, just, they, they, they think they're better or they won't let something go. They're just, it's like this. And sometimes we do this without being aware of it, right? The law of unintended consequences says that we can make something worse if we're not careful. And we got two problems. We got the original problem and the second problem that we just made worse. Let's not do that. What do I mean when I say crisis? What is a crisis in our family? There's a lot of different crises. Maybe it's Infidelity. Maybe it's we get laid off. Maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe we have a crisis with our child. Maybe we go through a bout of depression, addiction, whatever. Maybe it's none of that, but maybe it's just a new chapter in our life. We're empty nesters, where I've retired now and I have no clue what I'm going to do with my life. I've worked, 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 worked for this, and I'm here, and I'm like, Right? It's a shock. It's been 55 years or whatever it is working, and all of a sudden it's 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. I have nothing to do. Boom. How are we going to handle this? How well do we handle it? Do we make it worse? Because Jesus will always be there with us to walk through the crisis and to help us to become stronger. I'll close with this. This is a random question, a random question, but I love it. Does anybody know, what is the difference between our brain and our mind? What's the difference between your brain and your mind? Well, the brain impacts the mind. The brain is the organ which impacts the entire nervous system, most of the functions of the body. Whereas, clearly, our mind impacts our thinking, right? So if we have problems with the brain, such as, say, Alzheimer's or addictions, it's going to impact our thinking and our mind. But can we say that they're two different things, or are they the same thing? And where exactly is the mind in the brain? 
And you're thinking, Father Ben is probably crazy this morning. Okay? This is what I think about in my brain at 2 a.m. But did you know there's a big difference between the brain and the mind? Question, does the brain cease to exist at death, yes or no? Let's ask that question again. When we die, will the brain die? Uh, Are you sure about that? Okay. We got about one quarter of the people here voting. Does the mind cease to exist at death, yes or no? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Some chicken Catholics here, boy. Here's the difference. When we die, the brain dies. That's often how we judge death, brain death. However, the mind, according to Catholic theology and St. Thomas Aquinas and what we believe, the mind is immortal. What does that word immortal mean? It will never die because it's part of the soul. This is why when people die and they go into heaven, they see all these people I remember. Do you know there's thousands and thousands and thousands of story of children when they die, they get to heaven, and they meet all these people that they've never met in this life, but they know exactly who they are in heaven. There is buried in each one of us a deep, deep, deep sense a memory of God. This is why Benedict XVI has said, when we get to heaven, it's not that we're going back to a place we've never been. We're going back to a place that we are from. We're not going to a new place. We remember that because it's written into our souls. Right? That's the mind. And you say, well, what does this have to do with anything? I'll tell you why. The greatest crisis that you and I will ever experience in our bodies is death. We said it the other day when you came forward. You got ashes on your forehead. And what did the priest say? Remember that you're dust, and unto dust you will return. Everything that you and I have ever known in this life will cease to exist at death. It's a crisis. And yet, even at that moment, God will be there to say, look, I got this. I got this. Question, what is the last line of the Hail Mary that we say? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. <laughs> right? Pray for us now and at the hour of our... That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. That as we depart from this life, we're not going to be alone. God is going to be there to take our hand and say... I got it, man. It's okay. Just surrender and be with me. And he's saying that right now. With whatever, if you're going through a crisis right now, or if you go through one later this year, surrender. He's got this.